We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. So if you have a Bible, you want to get it out, you can do that now. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Um, but as, as we're going there, I want you to answer this question in your heart. Don't, don't answer out loud. But have you ever just thought about your life, surveyed your life, and thought, man, there should just be more? You know, maybe you've gone through life, you're getting a little bit older, and, and you're doing the normal things of life. Maybe you've gotten married, you're building a family, you're buying a house or, you know, paying the, the, the bank faithfully with no hopes of ever actually owning that house. Um, you're doing the normal things of Northern Virginia life, and you just have these moments where you look at your life and say, man, I feel like there ought to be more. And if, if you haven't had those feelings, let me ask you it a different way. Do you ever have something like a sinking feeling in your stomach that you very quickly try to numb with Netflix or Twitter or something else on your phone or video games or music? You turn the radio on louder. We were made for more than what we experience in life. You know, we've... We have this hunger, this physical hunger. I'm excited for afterwards. We're going to go out to eat because my stomach is hungry. And you know what's interesting? I have hunger and I have the ability to what? Eat, to satisfy that hunger. You know, I get tired every night and I have the ability to satisfy that desire for rest some nights by going to sleep. And the fact that you and I hunger for something more, I think indicates that you were made for more. You were made for more than maybe what you're experiencing tonight. And so I want to invite you to, to be introduced to the person you were made more for. So let's stand together. This is our tradition. If you've never been here, uh, normally we read together. This is a long passage, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it, and I'm going to spare us, spare you uh, of me uh, messing it up by doing it myself. Here we go. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born in this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her, hearts, in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have made us for your purpose, that you had an intention when you first created all of creation, when you, uh, when you formed Adam from the dust, when you made Eve from the side of Adam, and when you told them to be fruitful and multiply, 
to expand across the earth, that your glory was intended to fill the earth, that we were made to be your mirrors of, of your glory. And God, I pray that you would help us to see that you brought Jesus to us to show us your glory, that you brought Jesus to us to show us your awesomeness, your strength, your power, your beauty. And God, I pray that we would be granted the privilege of seeing him for who he is. Lord, wipe away our blindedness, help us to see beyond ourselves, and to see that Jesus is glorious. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys can be seated. Kids, you're doing great. So I've just got two points. We have the first part, which is really this angelic visit, and then you have what we, what we see is the response of the shepherds. You have this angelic visit and then the response of the shepherds. It's interesting that it, at the beginning of Luke's gospel, one of the first people, groups of people to be, to be reached out to outside of Jesus' immediate family are shepherds. It's not a king or a ruler, it's not Caesar, it's not the religious leaders, and it's not just Jesus' family. Because Jesus' his coming has a wider implication. I'm so thankful to see so many people from, from so many different backgrounds today because Jesus is he's, he's relevant to your life. He's not just a Jewish guy who is relevant to the lives of those individuals who lived in that period of time. He is relevant to your life here and now. And the fact that these angels came to the shepherds is an indication to you and me that he wants to enter into our lives. He came to these shepherds. The angels came and they had a, a message that they wanted to give. But it says that an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear. Now, I don't know if you've been in church much. Glory is a word that we, we don't really, we use in church, but it's like hallelujah. You might or might not know what that means. Sometimes we just sing it because that's what we're told to sing. Uh, hallelujah means praise the Lord. Glory is this idea of, of honor and worth and light and power and just kind of the, the culmination of all the things that make God great. You know, if you, could, if you could bottle, the glory of an orange is orange juice, right? I remember being a kid and, and, and drinking so much orange juice, too mu entirely too much orange juice. We would have gallons and gallons of orange juice, and, and somehow we were convinced that it was, it's healthy because it comes from a fruit. But the glory of that orange is that orange juice. That's, that's the distillation of everything that makes it awesome. You get the, the rind out of the way. You get the, the pith out of the way. It's all that nonsense, and just get the sugar and the flavor, and that's the glory of the orange. And, and when we see here is that Glory surrounds this story. The angel shows up. There's glory. There's light. There's, there's something awesome to the degree that, that the angels or the, the, the shepherds freak out. They, this isn't a, a church meeting where they go and, and they come down and they're walking into church as maybe you walked into church and, and one of the greeters said hello and it was an angel. Hey, welcome to church. Please have a seat. And they said, oh, well, that was a nice angel. No, there was something glorious and powerful and amazing about the angels that made the shepherds think, I am going to die. There's something amazing about God, something powerful about God that when we really can have an opportunity to see it in a moment, it, it causes fear. And that's an appropriate thing. 
You know, there's this guy in, in Isaiah, or there's this guy in the Old Testament, his name's Isaiah, and, and there's a book written by him, and he has an encounter with God, um, and he, he freaks out. Um, it says that in, in, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, I saw God, sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple, right? He sees this, this glorious, awesome king whose robe, which represents all the kingdoms that he rules over, it's, it's filling the temple. And there are these beings called seraphim, and they have six wings, and, and two that cover their face, two covering their feet, and two they fly, and they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations shook, and he sees the glory of God. And how does he respond? It says, I said to myself, woe is me, for I am lost. For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the, in the midst of a people with unclean lips. He understands that when he comes into contact with the glory of God, he ought to be fearful. The shepherds felt the same way. And in fact, I won't go there, but in Exodus, if you want to read an interesting and weird story, um, sometimes you're like, the, boring, the Bible's kind of boring. Well, there's this interesting story in, in Exodus where Moses goes on the mountain, talks to God, comes down, and he is now a lightning bug. His face is so shiny that they, the people literally ask him, please put a veil over your face, you're freaking us out. And so he wears a, face, he wears a veil over his face because the glory that, that God had impacted him with was, was fearful to the people. They were fearful. What is the message that the shepherds give, or the angels give the shepherds? If you look at verse 10, it says this, the angel said to them, fear not, right? Don't freak out, guys, just calm down. For unto you, uh, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He says, don't fear. You know, when we, when, when we encounter the glory of God in a way that God wants us to, we have an opportunity to, to intersect with God himself. That feeling of, man, I wish there was more to life. I want to tell you that God wants to intersect your life and give you a sense of the glory that you've been seeking after. And he's, he goes on to say that this is good news that will cause great, great joy. That a child has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David. And he, he uses three descriptors. He says that he's the Savior. He's the Christ, which is the promised one who God had chosen. And he is the Lord. He's the Master. And, and if you thought about these three different terms, these are three different ways we could look at all of the deficiencies in our own lives. How many of you have found yourself in situations in life where you are thinking to yourself, I need someone to save me. I need someone to get me out of this situation. Jesus is that savior. How many of you need someone who can represent you, who can, who can get you uh, to the presence of, of whatever it is that will make a change in your life, which I would suggest is God himself. That's Jesus, the Christ. And how many of you look at your life and say, well, I've made a sufficient mess of this. Who can help me clean it up? That's Jesus, the Lord, the master. The child is going to be born and he is good news. And he goes on and he says, this will be a sign to you that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And if we were to 
rewind, you would see that in the previous section, Mary gave birth to Jesus and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him, laid him in a manger. So they're saying that that thing that just happened is going to be the sign. After this, and I, I find this to be hilarious. So they're calming down. The shepherds are, are no longer freaking out. And all of a sudden, there's a, imagine an army of angels who now just start shouting glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. We think of this in, in terms of, oh, there were angels, they had wings, they were in heaven, they had beautiful voices. And, but I think that this probably freaked them out freshly. Just imagine if we were to, as a room, don't do this, uh, but if we were to, as a room, just to yell at, with one voice, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased, the people handling the animals outside might listen and hear and say, what is going on in there? Might freak him out. They respond by giving glory to God and, and praising him. So we go from the angelic visitation to the shepherd's response. It says in verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her hearts, in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all they had heard and seen. The shepherds heard the good news that God's glory had come to earth. And they responded in, in three ways. They, they believed. They showed their belief by going and testifying. And then by praising God. The glory of God that had once caused great fear. They thought they were going to die. Was now propelling them into their destiny. Into their purpose. The glory that had previously made them feel like they were going to be done or undone was now the thing that they were proclaiming, that God's glory had come to earth in Jesus Christ. And so they shared what they had heard and they praised God. This Christmas, as we think about what it means to celebrate Christmas, I don't want it to be relegated to just, hey, there's a baby and it's fun, and there are shepherds and sheep, and, and there's three wise men, maybe. Historically, that's inaccurate, but let's argue with that, because that's what we do at Christmas. We've got presents, we've got gifts, we've got, you know, green stuff and, and ornaments, and we can get caught up in all of this stuff. But what, what God wants us to know is that you were made for so much more than what you probably are living for. You were made for so much more than what, what you might be living for. And maybe you've tried to, to numb that sense. Maybe you've tried to, to escape that, that sense of lack in your own heart. Maybe you've tried to turn the volume up in your life just a little bit. But, but I want you to take a moment and just turn the volume down and recognize that God has made you for his glory. And how, how do you connect with God's glory? through Jesus Christ. One of the apostles, one of the followers of Jesus Christ writes a, a letter to this group in, in a book called Second Corinthians. Um, and he, he talks about God's glory. And he talks about them as Christians having experienced Jesus, having come to know Jesus. And he says it this way, and we all 
all of us with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. You see, Paul was referring back to that story I told you about Moses, where Moses went up to the mountain, came down, he was bright and shining, and they told him to put a, put a veil on his face. What he was saying is, no, 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 Jesus has come, and we can take the veil off and behold God's glory. And, and as we behold God's glory, in the same way that Moses went from being less, less of a light bug to being more of a light bug, we can go from lesser glory to greater glory. You were made not just to experience God's glory, but to reflect God's glory. The hunger you have for more in your life is a hunger to be used by the God who made you. Paul goes on and he says this, even if our gospel, even if this good news that the angels had mentioned is veiled, it's veiled only to those who are perishing. Because in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing what the light of the glory, or sorry, the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God. What Paul is trying to get at there is that God's glory is out there, and and if we can't see it, it's not because it's not out there. You know, I wear contacts, and like I wear contacts like if I don't put my contacts on, I don't see anything. I mean, I just, you, you would all be wonderfully fuzzy people. And I could tell that there would be fuzzy orbs from which sound is emanating, but I wouldn't be able to see you. But, but the fact that I need glasses does not mean that you're not out there, right? The fact that, that I need glasses doesn't mean that, that what's out here does not exist because I don't see it. What it means is that my eyes need to be corrected. And I want to tell you that God has shown his glory. And if you don't quite see it, I'd invite you to ask God to help you see better rather than saying that's not real. This Christmas, I want to encourage you that Jesus came to show you God's glory. He came to give you life and purpose. He came to unbreak all the things that we've broken because of our own sin, our disobedience, our rebellion and to reunite us with our purpose, which is to make him look great in the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus, that he became a man so that we could see your glory. And God, I pray that you would, you would help us to see more clearly the glory of Jesus Christ, just the wonder and awesomeness of this story about his life, his death, his resurrection, how he chose to lay down his life for us. And God, I pray that we would receive this story as our own story, that that God, you sent Jesus to die for my sins in my place so that I might receive forgiveness and life. If you're in this room and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as as your Lord, as the one who's in charge of your life, as your Savior, as the one who saves you from the consequences of your own disobedience, and you want to trust God today, would you raise your hand? Great. Once that's hands up, you can put it back down. I just want you to pray with me this prayer. It's not magic. There's nothing magical, but you're, you're responding to what God is doing in your heart. I want you to say, God, I, I confess 
that I have broken your rules, I've broken your laws. And I want to turn away from those things and I want to trust you. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins and to rise from the dead, defeating my greatest enemies. Help me to live out a life where I'm glorifying you. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, family. All right, kiddos, you did good. Who wants to come up here? What? Well, you, you got to find out. Come on. I, you guys are so polite. Come on down. I asked, who wants to? And he's like, may I please? This is good. You got, I want you to sit down here, right here. Just have a seat. Crisscross applesauce. Or however. All right, Cash. Get it, buddy. Y'all look lovely. These outfits represent a lot of work. Great job, moms and dads. I see a lot of tool. I see some, some tights. That's, we all know that, what that means. A lot of red and green. It is so good to see you guys. So what's going on tomorrow? Christmas, right. And, and what are we celebrating at Christmas time? Jesus' birthday. You guys are on it. You know what's going on. Okay. You like your birthday, Mario? Is that your name, Mario? No. Okay, we'll discuss this more later. I don't know what the Mario part is, but I like my birthday too. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Well, I'm glad we're on first name basis. Well, yeah, I want to read a little bit from a book called Luke. Because it was written by a guy named Luke. You know Luke? Yeah, because it's okay. He knows a lot of things. He wants to share it. That's fine. We all feel that way. So I'm going to read a story. In those days, a decree, that means a command, a rule came out, went out from Caesar Augustus. Do you guys know who Caesar Augustus was? He was the king at the time, the emperor, right? That everyone should be registered. What that meant is that they wanted to count how many people there were. How many of you are in school? Does your teacher take attendance? I hope she does. Yeah. She wants to know how many people are in her room. Well, Caesar wanted to know how many people were in his empire room. And so this was a time where this guy Quirinius was governor. And so everyone went to be registered. Everyone went to be counted. They, they had to go to their hometown to be counted. And so Mary and Joseph decided to go as well. Do you know where they went? Bethlehem. Bethlehem. That's right. They went to Bethlehem to be counted. Do you know why? Who is from Bethlehem? Joseph. Jo- Jesus is from Bethlehem. That's accurate, but good job. Joseph was from, from Bethlehem. And so they went to Bethlehem and... You know what happened there? Mary had a baby. There may have been a little lamb. I don't know if she had the little lamb, but I'm about to have a little lamb. And she had a little lamb in this house, and they put... Yep. And they... See, now you guys are going to pay attention. I know. You agree? Okay. Afterwards. So they went 
and Mary put baby Jesus in what? Manger. A manger. What's a manger? manger. Okay, we got we to instate no rules. Raise your hand. All right. Uh, yes, sir. Asa. What is it? It's, yeah, where you, that's where the animals feed. Awesome. Yeah, I know. Good job. He, he agrees, she agrees, I don't know. Um, so they laid baby Jesus in the manger, and they wrapped him in clothes. I know. And you know what? What's, what's so exciting about the fact that Jesus came? Yeah, Jesus was the Savior. Because the reality is, do, do we ever do any bad things? Not you guys. Do other people ever do any bad things? Yes. You guys were quick to sell some people out. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We do do bad things. And, and you know, God is a good God. And that means, that means that he has to punish bad things. And you know what, what he did because he loves us so much? He sent Jesus, yeah, to stand in our place. So if I, if I was about to get a punishment, you know what Jesus did? He put my hand down and he said, I'm going to take it. And so we celebrate Jesus and we celebrate Christmas and you guys are going to maybe get to, to pet some animals. But I want you to know that Jesus came to save us. Jesus became a baby and he grew up and became a man and he died on a cross to save us. And the, the really cool news is, did he stay died? Did he stay dead? No, he rose from the dead. And so we can celebrate every year at Christmas time that Jesus came to save us. Can we pray? Let's pray. Let's bow your heads, close your eyes, don't look at other people. Dear God, thank you that you came to save us, that you became a baby and grew up to be a man who would be our substitute, who would stand in our place. Please help us to follow you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen.